0: Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains,
1: we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back. Cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Hey, Real Nerds listeners. There's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at realnerds. You want to check us out on Facebook? You can. Just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6-NERDS-5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
0: Hi, this is Georges Genti, and you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and you are listening to Denver's premier movie review podcast. I am Ryan, with me is... Brad. And... Zach. And every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world, and this week we saw Rambo, The Last Blood, you know? And uh, so we'll... See, oh. if Stelly, if you should see the movie, uh, that was a Stallone joke. Yeah, it was yeah, subtle. But, I liked it was subtle, though. Yeah. It was nice. You looked at me like I didn't know what I was talking about. I was know? just
2: surprised. like You really like laid on thick with the Stallone accent, but you just kind of like skimmed the
0: surface when you did it, so I was yeah. I was shocked. Well, I didn't turn well, on the Stallone button on the board. Yeah. Okay, turn it on. I'll do it again. Boop, boop. And, you know, like we watched Last Rambo, you know, where I'm older in Mexico. I'm going to turn the Cary
1: Grant button on now. Cary Grant.
0: Boop. He's a man. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. do. I can't do. I can't do. Cary Grant, really. They drew first blood. <laughs> um, hey, welcome back. Yeah, no, I. F- I can't believe g- it's weird when I'm gone two weeks. It's it's weird doing the show without you and yeah. James. I, mean, I, I know because you need the talent. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So, um, last week, uh, maybe two weeks ago, on Thursday, Laura came home from thrifting with her friend. Or she goes to thrift shops And then she keeps on She says like, Look what I got I said Great Some probably meth head wore those But anyways <laughs> So Kellen was playing uh, Super Mario run on my phone And so Laura came home And she said Hey I don't want to cook tonight Can we go out to you I was like yeah sure Kellen wants to go to a barbecue place in Idaho Springs called Smoking Yard It's really good If you're ever in Idaho Springs And so he put my phone down Somewhere And I was like You know what I don't need my phone Because uh, I'm just going to dinner With my family And I was hanging out With my kid Whatever I mean I really don't want to hang out with my wife and my kids. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So I didn't bring my phone. And so I I came home and I was like, man, where's my phone? And Apple Watch has a feature on it. You can ping your phone. So I, I look at my Apple Watch and it has like a line through it. So that means Kellen used it and left it on. So it's now no longer being able to be used. So I said, that's weird. So for two hours, I looked for it. Couldn't find it. Put Kellen to bed. Laura went to sleep. I cleaned the whole house, top to bottom, looking for it. I never found it. So as you can see, I now have a brand new iPhone. Um, Ooh, is that an XR? It is an XR. I didn't get the new, new ones that came out the next week. uh, Because when I went there, uh, so mine is usually a 256 gig one, uh, so I can put all my music on it. Uh, But T-Mobile doesn't keep those in stock. You have to order them. So that's really stupid. Um, so I said, you know what? I can probably manipulate some of my stuff. I don't need all my apps anymore. I was like, I need a f- actually I need a phone for my job because I get dispatched and stuff, um, and they send me messages. So the lady said, well, you know what? You can do is you can get a cheap phone and then you can pre-order the new iPhone and then you come back next week because we have a fourteen-day return policy. I said, okay, yeah, sure. That's not a bad idea. She says, okay, well, it's you know three hundred dollars down, and then she showed me the price of the new one and it was twelve hundred dollars, and I go, mm, no. <laughs> and she said, well, you know what? You're in luck because I think this is like a 64 gig one. I don't know. Um, they just dropped $400. So this was $500. Nice. And so I got this one in red.
2: Yeah, Significantly less space though. But Yeah, yeah that,
0: that's the only bummer. And I don't understand. I, when I hook it up to my iTunes, it says that I have 20 gigs. When I look on the phone, it says I have six so I don't know where there's a discrepancy between what iTunes is telling me and what the phone is telling me.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, iTunes is being phased out, so I'm not even sure it's operating properly.
0: Yeah, I mean.
1: You you say it, you had to clean the entire house mm-hmm. to search for it. Yeah. I think Laura just pulled the ultimate prank on you. Did Maybe. You I, I
0: mean, I still haven't found the phone. I have no idea. I looked through Kellen's like, he has little toy boxes. So did you check your front yard? Yep. Hmm. I don't know when. Did the dogs bury it? No, because my dog's... <laughs> My dogs don't really bury stuff. It, uh, she drags sticks and stuff around. Uh, Lincoln doesn't. Daisy does. So I don't. Hmm. And I asked Kellen what happened to it. And he said, I don't know. I was playing with him. I'm like, no. <laughs> and whatever. Check the toilet. <laughs> I mean, I actually paid that. The funny thing is I paid that phone off three months ago. Uh. So <laughs> the only bummer is, is it was a 7 plus And T-Mobile will still give you like $200 credit towards this phone. For that phone so that could have been three hundred, so it could have been yeah way less, but whatever, oh well life goes on, I was gonna get a new phone anyways, um but like the face recognition thing is fucking crazy,
2: yeah, I actually turned mine off
0: yeah I, I I actually like it, and I like that it says notification it doesn't tell you what the notification is unless I look at it, um which is a kind of a nice feature too
2: nice. well for. A... Police officers probably good security. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then uh, the new operating system now, It's I use the dark version because it's black and white and it looks way sharper. Um, this is how much of a nerd I am because I have nothing else to do but watch movies and do this and play Mortal Kombat. Hmm. You know, it's fun. That's what I do. That's, yeah. that's been my like two weeks and watching movies and working shitloads. As
1: long as you have a place to listen to your Rod Stewart songs... I think that's what's the most important yes. thing
0: here. Uh, well, the bummer is, is I have like 10,000 songs. About nine years ago, Brad and I combined our libraries. <laughs> so I it took me probably five or six hours going through. I'm like, well, oh, I like this song. Well, I like this one too. And then I would sing and It's like, mm, you're out of room. And then Apple would automatically determine what to sync. So I'd have to go back through. And ah. I was like, you
1: fuckers.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So I... I just think playlists. So it, yeah. that's what I did. I went back through... Um, I did I have a favorites playlist and so I s- sank that synced that and I I transferred over all my Rod Stewart and Barenaked Ladies and stuff because those are the um, ones I listen to the most um, and, that, then, and that, still Panther that's your new core, album out Friday that's your core <laughs> lifeblood right there yes um, <laughs> yep man, yeah, that's no. a Mortal Kombat nice. look for me I'll either be Cetrion or Cassie Cage I really like Cetrion right now because she's new and a lot of people don't play as her, so they don't, they're not used to playing against her. Oh, I fucking crush people. They don't even know I hit them. Even those fucking spamming Scorpion players. They hate me. Hey, Corinne sent us something in Catching the Classics with Corinne where she reviews Rocky.
3: Hey nerds, Corinne here for part 27 of Catching the Classics where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. This week, you all voted for me to watch... Rocky. The original Rocky. <sighs> oh my gosh. I never thought I would say this, but I found a classic that I dislike even more than Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh my gosh. Close. I would take Close Encounters of the Third Kind over Rocky, because both of them are tedious and meandering, but at least... There are a couple of good sequences in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and uh, Rocky is... In a phrase, it has no focus. That's ultimately what it boils down to. But, okay, so just for some context. I know... I knew the basic premise of the movie going into it. Like how Rocky's this kind of everyday fighter who gets a shot at fighting the heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. I've actually seen parts of Rocky Three and all of Rocky Four, and I remember liking them, although it's been a while. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> okay, um, so... Oh, and I knew, like, the whole... He has, like, a, you know, love story with Adrian, and I did not realize that that was pretty much going to be, like, the focus of the movie. It's, yeah, anyway, okay. First, let me say, what did I like about it? Um, Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed is, like, the best part about this movie. His performance is, like, good. Uh, I think everybody else is, like, yikes in terms of their acting ability in this movie. That Everybody's, like, over-the-top or awkward or... And I know, like, their characters are kind of supposed to be awkward, at least, like, Adrian is supposed to be, but... Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, Carl Weathers is great. The song that plays during the training montage is iconic, and it is good, and it works. The training montage is not bad, although I like the one in 3 better. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it! (laughs) Um because, yeah, like I said, it boils down to the fact that this movie has, like, no focus. It doesn't work as a boxing movie, because boxing is almost, like, secondary to the love story and kind of just general, like, this is, you know, uh, Rocky's, like, everyday life. And it doesn't really work as, like, a kind of, like, a romance underdog story, because we... Yeah, Rocky doesn't have an arc in this movie. That's, like, problem number one. You have a titular character you spend a shit ton of time with, and he doesn't have an arc. The conflict doesn't pop up until, like, halfway through the movie. The... I mean, you should have had that, like, a don't know, the 20-minute mark or something. The whole idea that, you know, he gets to fight Apollo Creed. They should have focused more on, like, him training and this whole kind of, like, personal drama with him and Adrian, and he's like, you know, maybe he could have been trying to win her over as he's training, and, you know, his, um you know, his trainer, Mick, or whoever could be like, no, like, you, you have to focus. You have to focus on the fight, and Rocky's like, well, this might be my one chance with her, because if I lose, she might think I'm a loser, so I should try to, like, you know, romance her now while she thinks highly of me, whatever i mean yeah so rocky doesn't have an arc we spend a ton of time with him just like in his everyday life in what are ultimately pointless tedious and boring scenes and i gave crap to um what oh crap what was the british movie i watched not brideshead revisited the other one Room with a View. I gave Room with a View a ton of crap for having these, like, seemingly pointless scenes. But at least those scenes were, like, thematically relevant and kind of gave you more time character building. But here, it's just Rocky playing with his turtles. Rocky. I mean, there's, like, a scene where Polly's, like, picking up a trash can or something outside his house. It's like, why is that in there? It's like thirty seconds. I didn't need. Oh yeah, and I gave Top Gun a shit ton of crap for, like, its weird editing choices. But oh gosh, this movie, there, there, there are scenes that should have been cut earlier than they were, and yeah. So, <clears throat> it just, it just doesn't work for me. I genuinely don't know why this movie is a classic. I think <clears throat> the premise is really good. Like what I think what they intended to do with this kind of, you know, down on his luck everyday guy getting a chance, a once in a lifetime chance to fight the heavyweight champion of the world and actually like go toe to toe with him. Like that could have been a really great emotional arc but rocky doesn't like ever show any emotion like he he gets told like oh you have a chance to you can fight apollo creed for the title and he's kind of like okay cool like i don't deserve it but cool like that's that's great like is he is he excited is he nervous we don't ever really get to hear about it we never get to see it this movie does a lot of the it doesn't do show, don't tell. Like, it does a lot of telling and not a lot of showing. And, like, 25 minutes left in the movie, right before the actual fight, Rocky actually gives us some kind of, like, emotional, like, harumph and tells us, like, I just want to be standing at the end of the 15 rounds. Like, he's, he's like, I don't even need to win. Like, I just want to be standing. And I'm like, okay, like, thank you for actually giving us some, like, you know character motivation 25 minutes left in the movie here oh my gosh this it's just it's it has no focus no no vision um it doesn't work as a boxing movie because you know the boxing is only the first few minutes and then we hear rocky talking about how he boxes but we don't ever get to see him you know just kind of practicing and training yeah, he, oh, he's upset. He got kicked out of his locker. But it's like, he doesn't have, like, any determination or any grit to be like, well, fine, if I don't have a locker, like, I'll just come back in here. I'll just punch the bag, you know? You know. Sorry, I don't do a very good Sloan impression. But, you know, he just, he, <clears throat> he's not compelling as a character for me. I don't, like, he doesn't win me over. I don't really care about his... Like, ooh, he gets this cool, like, once-in-a-lifetime chance. It's like, he doesn't seem to care about it, so why should I? Until, you know, we get the whole, I want to be standing at the end. Okay, thanks for telling me now, right before the fight. Um, yeah, and then that's it. Like, we get the training montage, which is, like, 45 minutes left in the movie. And then we get the fight, which the, the sound effects on that were really weird. You know, I was... Wanting those, like, loud, like, boom, 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 you know, punches, but everything sounds just like, and even when the gloves make contact with flesh or other gloves, they should sound a lot louder than they do, because if you've ever been to, like, a real-life boxing gym, you know, like, the gloves hitting, whether flesh or other gloves, are very loud, so I don't know why that was a really weird sound effects choice, but... Yeah, the romance doesn't work, the character growth arc, there is none, and it doesn't work as a boxing movie. God, it makes me want to go watch Million Dollar Baby. Oh yeah, every time they brought those little stools out, I thought of Million Dollar Baby, and I was like, that is actually like I, a good movie. Like The first half of that is pretty great, second half is really depressing, but the first half is really great. So, yeah, I don't feel like you guys should get to choose any more of these because, uh, yikes, uh, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I like the parts of three I've seen, and I like four, so I don't, I guess maybe people like Rocky because they like the sequels and the world building that's, that they do because it is kind of interesting that he, you know, he and Apollo Creed go from, you know, rivals and antagonists in this one Two, you know, Creed trains him in three, and he's, like, his best friend by four when he dies against Ivan Drago. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, we should have gotten more kind of interesting stuff like that rather than Rocky tries to woo Adrian. is successful, I'll give him that. He's successful. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned, yeah, Brad made the point of, like, oh, yeah, Rocky has some, like, problematic um, strategies in his romancing, and I'm like, yes, he does, but Polly's whole thing was far more egregious than what Rocky did, so, I mean, not like, there were some things Rocky did that were definitely problematic, but Polly was the worst offender of the two, so, (sighs) yeah, anyway. I'm going to give Rocky two stars, but I just want everybody to know that I would watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind again before I would watch this movie, because at least Close Encounters of the Third Kind has aliens in it, and it actually has some, like, pretty good, like, dramatic sequences, like the whole, you know, abduction with the screws coming out of the floorboard and the whole alien going over the one guy's truck. Yeah, anyway, those were actually, like, good sequences, even though the effects were kind of meh. So, next time I'm going to watch Gremlins. Hopefully it doesn't suck. <laughs> okay, I've rambled about this for long enough. Hopefully you all had fun at another Sylvester Stallone movie this week. And I'll talk to you all next time unless somebody comes to my house for murder to murder me for disliking Rocky. Okay, bye!
0: And once again, Corinne is wrong. Um, <laughs> She said it's awful. I think she gave it two stars. Um, Yeah, Um, she said she would watch Top Gun back-to-back instead of watching Rocky. And I just don't think she appreciates um, cinema. And uh, me and her have had this long-going argument. And, uh, of course, I'm being facetious. I love Corinne, and she's a wonderful person. Um, But me and her have had this long um, back-and-forth over the last few weeks, one one about horror films and one about giving films um, an opportunity, where... um, because we have a mantra on the real nerves we expect every film to be good. And so I've been kind of drilling her in a fun way, not like it's whatever. She's awesome. But in a, in a fun way, I was saying, so you're not really giving films a chance. You just assume that they're not good. Uh, Cause I also attacked her on her uh, Disney film uh, blog. She wrote for us, which it, it, she's a wonderful writer, but she also says that she hasn't seen these movies. She's just not going to, and that's her right as well. Um, but, I'm also in the boat. You really shouldn't judge something until you've actually seen it. And I I, I use the... Zach was there when we saw Charade. I use the example of Leprechaun, which is maybe not the best example of...
1: I um, love that Jerry was like, I love Leprechaun. Yeah,
0: (laughs) of a a horror film for her to see. Mm -hmm. But my point being is, even though it might not be considered a great film, people will find merit in it. I mean, when you ask me what my favorite film is, I always say Army of Darkness. And there's an argument by people that say it's not a great film. They're wrong, but... I think you should give every film an opportunity.
1: Also, the people who say that don't know how to have fun. Yeah. They're like fun suckers. And, you
0: know, she brought up a point. She sent me a message because she said, well, uh, she wasn't the one thing she didn't like about MoviePass. She said it took away the mystique of going to the movies where she doesn't, you know, she's, if you're on a budget, it's hard to see movies. And I get that. I mean, movies now are $12 for just going to see them. So... I understand that part but uh, you know they never I've never lost that um, I don't know how you guys feel when I when saw like Avengers Endgame I immediately get sucked back to, into being a film fan yeah. or when I see Spider-Man or um, you know I, I have a feeling I mean obviously I haven't seen it yet but when I see Knives Out I think I'm going to feel the same way yeah um, Yeah. when you see a lot of films you sometimes you go in and you're
2: like oh yeah my average is like 150 a year now mm-hmm. and I'm feeling a little fatigued so I'm, I'm trying to cut back yeah, but you do. But Avengers, like that again. It's like there. It's an event picture. Like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does feel like the cinema experience is there. But when you go like once every week or even twice a week, it just kind of it does kind of seem like routine rather than it does special.
0: But I, you know, when you see enough films, because I mean we've been doing this so long, and I mean you see more films than I do in the theater. Um, I try to now because I have the Alamo season pass. So I can see a movie every day if I really wanted to. Right. And she brought up, she said, well, you're not going to see Downton Abbey. I said, well, I will now because I, it's basically once I use it once, time and a half, I've already paid for my month. Mm. So everything after that is gravy. So I never wanted to see Hustlers, but I found out when someone went to high school with is in that film. So now I, will go see it. Yeah. Um, I'll see Downton Abbey. I mean, I don't know if I've had to have seen the show to know what's going on in it, but
1: just know that the middle class came into existence. <laughs> not, no, no,
0: no. Um, talk, to, it, talk to James. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, it's just me and Corinne have this really interesting conversation constantly about um, horror films. And she did. I told her a good one to start with because she likes Dan Stevens. Even though it's not really horror as the guest because I really like that film. It's more of a thriller. But it's. Um, yeah. It's not really. But but for someone who's not a horror movie fan. I think it's not a bad entry into it, where it does have extreme violence, and um, it's a slow burn, where it's not relentless in uh, hitting you in the face. But
1: it's but it's prim- it's predominantly a thriller in that respect. So that's it's oh, an yeah, easier it's, entry point, as you were saying. So. Yeah. So it's
0: so, so I, I did I said a good one for her because she um, what am I trying to say? She doesn't like him because she doesn't like the the sense of being scared. And she doesn't like the uneasiness of horror films, which it's hard for me to relate, not because I just don't. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, like, I I, I can get jittery, but, like, I, I find a way to move past it. Like, it's not every time, but, like, most of the time. And I, I think there's horror films that she like. I mean, it's not... There are there are really good films out there that have horrific qualities in it that I'm sure she's seen.
0: But so I so she said at the end, she said she was going to do Gremlins, but um, she's changed it to Grave of the Fireflies. What is that?
2: It's an anime. It's really oh, sad. Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> oh, you did mention that. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I've heard this title before, but I couldn't remember it. But now that you say it's an anime, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, yeah. get ready um, to be really depressed. So yeah, so she's not going to do Gremlins, which she should have. But you know what? That's all right. Maybe she'll like it. Yeah, um, but well, she's she's wrong. Rocky is an awesome film. I,
2: I I love Rocky except for the the scene where he kind of, I guess, seduces Adrian. Doesn't play well in today. Like he kind of he kind of traps her.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's a lot. Uh, I forgive movies sometimes for that stuff because right now it's the. I've been reading a lot of articles cuz it's Friends 25th anniversary of debuting and a lot of people are rewatching Friends with um 2019 glasses. Yeah. And
2: I I know, get it. it's it was the 70s and Yeah, I,
0: uh, I don't that stuff doesn't bother me. Um you know, there's even like I love uh, his girl. Fra- uh, I mean, uh, the Philadelphia story and Cary Grant literally throws Katharine Hepburn on her ass by pushing her in the face,
1: that, and that's just one of many things that goes on. Watch Watch Woman of the Year. It's on criteria Yeah, 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 as well. yeah. It's Tracy and Hepburn. I do it, have that one. It's th- great. It's a great movie. B- yeah. <laughs> yeah I,
0: I, so there's, it, it, but you're right. You know, yeah,
2: I'm not boycotting. I'm just like yeah. when I watch it, it's like yeah. this I mean, is less enjoyable when I watched it. The I first boycott time.
0: Roman Polanski films because he uh, raped and drugged a young woman. Um little well, outside different. Outside the movie. Yeah, outside <laughs> the movie. And you know, I, I've been talking to Zach because I'm doing uh I'm almost done with Cary Grant. I think I have like four movies left. Um my next binge is gonna be Kate Blanchett, and she did a movie with Woody Allen and uh, so I the last like two weeks I've been really digging into it it's, like is it okay if I watch these movies? Because um I it's just weird. But then as I read it, it's more of that he's really weird and not really did anything wrong? It's just gross.
1: It's it's a tricky situation. Yeah, there, there's a doc. I mean, I know you don't. There's a documentary you should watch, Ryan. Um, mm. but mm. uh, PBS did an American Masters on it. It's a two parter, mm. and I mean, yes, it's there's a one sidedness to it, I guess, but it talks about it talks about well,
0: stuff. It's because so. I went through and I, I mean, Scarlett Johansson will still work with him. I went through and I read a lot of people's testimonies about him, and I, I, I just. At the end of the day, to me, it just seems like he's a creepy old dude. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. So I, I was on the fence. I ended up getting the Blu-ray of Blue Jasmine because it was four dollars. Um, so I don't know.
2: So you own it? I do, and you paid money for it. Well, because
0: so. so here's the thing: on Amazon to rent, it's six ninety nine or i just buy the blu-ray from amazon for 4.99 mm-hmm. and have it shipped to me. Yeah. Um
1: i mean i mean we talked about it on the way back from Charade. and like i'm still in a weird position on it cuz like yeah. there are there are films of his that i enjoyed a lot but i'm i'm still like i'm still processing like how to how to how to reevaluate certain Yeah, things
0: it's and, you know cuz i also like the jeeper creepers movies and victor yeah. S- uh, silva is a tough one. However, yeah. he also served time in prison. And he was rehabilitated that way, um, where Polanski ran from his responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's a tough situation.
1: My my thing is is it's similar to what we talk about on Shamley, where I'm just like I I don't have the answers. Yeah. I'm just one man. I'm sorry, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> but you know? that's a long way of saying. Corinne and I will be publishing an article, uh, like yeah. I don't know if you ever guys watch Old Tonight Live Point Counterpoint, where uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where, you um, want to talk about problematic. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but the the premise where she's going um, <coughs> to argue against horror films. I'm going to argue for them. Yeah. Um, and we. she already sent me the Google Doc where it's Just, transcribed two pages of us back and forth. Yeah. Um, so once we talk a little more and she'll edit it because she's a writer. I'm not. Um, she'll put it up.
1: Uh, I want to get the count point-counterpoint set going and
0: put you in there. Put can you, I be Jan Curtin? That's all I want. You could be
1: Jane. You could be Jane Curtin. Well, then that would mean Corinne wears a Dan Aykroyd mustache. Yes. D- does that can you work? Say, Corinne, you and- ignorant slut. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. Again, that's why I said want to talk about. What uh, <laughs> you ignorant
0: slut? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, as far as the movie-going thing, though, is concerned, like I do average about a movie a week, but like there are weeks where I'll take I'll take time off of it because I just like don't. Necessarily I usually go do out.
0: that during film explosion weeks, is I kind of just stay home. Yeah. Um. But i I the experience never goes away for me. When I went and saw Rambo, I was the only one in the theater, the only one. I saw it at ten o'clock on Saturday. Like Son of a bitch. And I came in, and the funny thing is, is so I use my season pass. For my birthday, you get free popcorn and a drink. So I printed off that. I sat down. I was like, "Hey man, I have this stuff." He's like, "Cool." I, was, I said, "Am I the only one in here?" Cuz I got that ticket about 2 hours before the show started and I was the only one. He said, "Yep." Yes.
2: Like I worked that show and didn't get anything. Well, no, out I it. I still tipped him. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to
0: get free shit. he like, <laughs> "Thanks. Bye." Cuz also when I get the free popcorn, I get the truffle popcorn, which you can do. Um and the truffle popcorn is amazing.
1: My mom wants to try it next time she goes. Oh, she should. I
0: know. It's cuz it's it's so
1: good. The problem is I have to try to find a movie she wants to go to, mm. and then we have to go to the Alamo for All so that the lights are a little bit up.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, and uh, for Spider-Man, it's not bad.
1: Ooh, if that's still around, maybe that would be one uh,
0: for No, they just took it out. Oh. Uh, but uh, they'll probably do it for Frozen 2.
1: Ooh. My mom likes cartoons. Yeah, I do too. <laughs>
0: I fucking love
2: cartoons. Spider-Man still at the Dollar Theater, so. Yeah yeah, yeah. But my mom's not going to the
1: dark <laughs> i wouldn't take my mom to the dark <laughs> theater i mean i would because i'd be like hey look at like memories but you know like yeah. um, but yeah i yeah. you know what else do we do on this fucking show uh hey
0: we talk about uh moving new- i forgot to say that stuff corinne thank you um you know i'm just giving you a hard time uh because we have different opinions and that's what makes movies great is they they're they're an art form and Open for interpretation,
1: and Corinne's wonderful opinions will be on the next Shamley Silhouette about the lady vanishes. So oh, nice! We can't do things.
0: That's a great. Corinne. That's a great uh, criterion, and um,
1: that conversation is a lot of fun. See, sweet, awesome fun.
0: Um, yeah, we also talk about movie news and Blu-rays that are coming out. But my favorite segment is a segment I get to sing every week. And that's bread around town. That motherfucker's driving around town. Bread around town. That motherfucker's driving around town. Looking for the mind theater, but it's so it Oh, no, a
2: dog just crossed in front of my Bar! car. <laughs> you, let me,
1: you made me kill him? <laughs>
2: Man, that album
0: got dark. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite jokes ever on The Simpsons is uh, when Homer steals the Lard Lad's donut, and he knocks on his door, and he says, I don't have your donut. Uh, Flanders does. and. <laughs> so the lard lad goes back and forth, and then he gets all pissed and walks away, and he kicks the dog on the street, and it goes Bow! into the atmosphere. <laughs> into the atmosphere. Um, God, I fucking love the Simpsons. Uh, older Simpsons. New <laughs> stuff's not too bad. I've been watching it lately.
1: It's not as bad as people like. To oh no, bitch no, about no it's on the fun. Internet.
0: I'll take a if bad it, episode of The Simpsons over the Blacklist any day.
2: If they put the newer stuff on DVD, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. they're about they'll ten be on, years behind be on right Disney now.
0: Plus.
1: Yeah, you'll have 30 years' worth of content there. I'm okay. not going to get Disney
0: Plus. You're not? No. No, yeah, that's all right.
2: I might cancel Netflix now that Glow's canceled.
0: Do it. My wife likes uh, the Handmaid's Tale, so we have Hulu. But So I'm going to do the Disney and Hulu it's Plus. It's the Handmaid's Tale, yeah. not
1: the Handmaid. Tale. Whatever.
0: I don't <laughs> fucking know. Some <laughs> chicks from a long time ago delivering babies. I don't even know what it's about. I've heard it's really good. I want to watch it. Oh, yeah, my wife loves it. She cries that time. Yeah, it's something. I don't know. It's based on a book my wife likes. I've seen some episodes, but I think I i don't know. If she wants me to watch it with her, I'll watch it with her. The only thing I won't watch with my wife is her reality TV stuff with like the Real Housewives and shit like that. Everything else, whatever. Hey, Brad, what's happening around town? After you killed the dog, you motherfucker.
2: Let me clean this up and uh, we'll do the segment.
0: Where'd Benji go? Oh, he's under Brad's tire. Hey,
1: film buddies,
2: follow me around Denver. I was holding him, and there's a piece of him over there, this there's piece of him over there. <laughs> I can't find his fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a bunch. <laughs> that's not cool. That's a really serious scene in that movie. Oh, it's a great scene in that movie. Uh, Yeah, the uh, drive-in, uh, I guess it's still doing it, chapter uh, one and two, followed by Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. Uh, wow, that's a That's, that's their lineup? Yeah.
0: Fuck, I should go do that one. Yeah. I know, I'll tell you
2: about it when I'm when I've been watching. All right. Um, And then I heard a little rumblings that they're going to do another double feature uh, for the season called Land. Ooh. Not sure what week that's coming up, but stay tuned.
0: There's a really funny... Uh, tv spot for zombie land where uh woody harrelson's all pissed off because um uh, that's her name's boyfriend's uh yeah he has a what uh pacifist pacifist yeah and he's he's talking about how he wants to shoot them it's fucking awesome. doesn't hate them he just wants to kick their ass yeah <laughs> uh
2: yeah so that's the drive-in and then the esquire is midnight is the warriors
1: come out and play yep
2: every yes. time you hear the warriors Some asshole has to say it. (laughs) I like that movie. I'm going to
0: say some random quote from the Warriors. I don't know another one. I've seen it once. It's a good movie. It's all right. It's all right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Me
0: and Brad are in. I'm a lone warrior, in my opinion. Nope. File it. Yeah. Done.
2: And, uh, yeah, that's what's going on around town.
0: Nice. Hey, I wonder what movie news is happening I bet Zach's going to start off with something fucking depressing as fuck. Yeah, a lot of deaths. I know. Guess what? They're never going to hear it. It's real news.
1: You know, um, <laughs> so I just got that. <laughs> um, Well, if you were thinking that a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be depressing...
0: I don't know. They should reboot that. They've only rebooted it like seven times. Yeah, it looks like uh, Fidi Alvarez is producing it. I'll see it. Yeah. I mean, I... I'll see it. I I own them all except for... Um, do you
1: own the Adam Marcos one?
0: I do. I got it for $1.75 when <laughs> Tradesmart was going out of business. <laughs> and then I'd watch it like halfway through. And I'm like, Mm, can't do it. He's producing a documentary about uh, Jason Goes to Hell that he's. It's on a GoFundMe page. Wait, he's producing it? Yeah. Um, oh, he's talking about how hard it was for him to make it, and I'm sure he's going to tell us how wrong the fans are about his vision on Friday the 13th, like he always does. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah, I I will, but I heard he's also awful to his actresses, and that Sean Cunningham had a film. Did did you read Crystal Lake Memories?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you gave it to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Sean Cunningham had a film scenes with, uh, that one lady when she's in the shower, uh, the lead actress. Yeah. Because Adam Marcus is a piece of shit. Mm. Pretty much what he says. That's a summary of what he said. Yeah. Um, but, no. yeah whatever I'll I watch either. it,
1: yeah, no the uh the only thing that that doesn't it doesn't concern me. it's just more of just like again is it's gonna be a direct sequel to the nineteen seventy four one which that's what marcus's one was quote unquote mm. um, and yeah. I know why they're doing it, is't because chainsaw two a direct sequel, <laughs> yes, but <laughs> You know, what I'm, you know what I know what I mean. Yeah, if they
0: bring back Bill Moseley, I'll be really excited. That'd be wonderful.
1: But no, this one's like, it, it's following the same vein of the Halloween reboot, mm-hmm. where they're just like, oh, let's make a direct sequel to the original and create our own offspin. Hey, I like Fidi I, Alvarez. I, 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 oh,
0: I love Fidi Alvarez. I'll see any slasher film, usually.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm only bringing up this casting news because I love this cast, and it's Wes Anderson's The Fresh, French Dispatch, which is going to be his new film has a pretty freaking amazing cast. You got,
0: uh, I think you can say that for all Wes Anderson films. This one, no, this one, though. Even his early stuff, Bottle Rocket and stuff, his cast was amazing. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. But this one, I think, might be my favorite. You got Del, Benicio Del Toro, Francis McDormand, Jeffrey Wright, Adrian Brody, Timothy Chalamet, Lea Seydoux, Tilda Swinton, um, uh, Stephen Park, Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, and Christoph Waltz.
0: So almost everybody's worked with except for three people. Yeah, right. awesome. but I That's want awesome.
1: Christoph Waltz in Wes Anderson land. Yeah, I yeah. want Christoph Waltz in most things. Put him in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. See how that works. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> he can do anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Ryan, do you want an Office Reboot? No. Okay, well, the Peacock Network is... <laughs> and, and, and I wish that was just... The terminology for NBC, but that's their streaming service now. It's called the Peacock.
0: It's creative. It's better than NBC Universal. That's that's fair.
1: Um, But yeah, they're thinking about rebooting The Office because I mean, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect financial sense. Yeah. Um, (laughs) John Favreau sent in an interview he wants to make a new Star Wars holiday special, and I say, sure. Why the fuck not?
0: (laughs) And I'd say, sure, John Favreau, you make billion dollar movies, so whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. And is and
1: also just like, can you just make sure it's just as batshit crazy as the first one? (laughs) Have you watched the first
0: one? Uh, yes. Oh. In parts on YouTube. B. Arthur
1: singing a canteen song about last call is one of those things that I will just never get out of my head. Yeah. That and Harvey Korman doing an alien cooking show. I mean, man's got to eat. Um. Uh. And then the last two pieces of news that I have. Uh, we had some deaths. The first one, uh, Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog on Deep Space Nine, has passed away. Um, so that. Uh, season
0: out of all the alien races York. he was. He was the most human.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Like, like that <laughs> callback to Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, it's the original series, but yeah, you know,
0: still <laughs> callback. It's still Star Trek. It um, counts.
2: Uh, it's, but it's interesting because in the documentary that the new season eight storyline, he was the first to die.
0: Yeah. Which, did he Did he have a, uh disease run? Cause he was pretty young. He, he was, was 50. 50. Um, um, that's pretty young.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. So, but he um, he's actually his interviews in the documentary are pretty harrowing because like fans did not like him. Um, what? Fans didn't like him. Really? I remember hearing that in the documentary. He got shit thrown at him. Literally shit? Like, you know, like insults and oh. things back and forth. I don't remember that
0: at all. I remember that.
1: I know he's I really someone emotional someone took a shit about. in
2: their hand and threw it at him. Like, like he, he loved, loved the yeah. cast
1: and the series. So oh. well, I think, I think so it's sad. really important to him. Um, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I I remember him getting emotional at one point in the documentary. So make you sure
2: you're not like projecting onto yourself. Like you think you get a lot of shit thrown at you, and
1: it's possible. <laughs> I know I'm a piece of ass.
2: Shut the uh, fuck up, Zach. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> a piece of ass. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Zach. Easy.
0: This is what happens. He, he, he goes, works out, loses like 85 pounds, and he's like, "I'm <laughs> I'm such a nice piece of ass." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck no can't do anything about the face so the the body doesn't matter it doesn't Um,
0: matter it's what's upstairs and how big your wiener is
1: (laughs) welcome to the real nerds podcast where we all just let loose and say fuck it
0: (laughs) Um, this is a very unfocused podcast
1: it's fine (laughs) sometimes you need that uh the last piece of news though is the saddest is uh sid haig passed away um apparently on sunday um he was sick uh for a long time this yeah, year, yeah, I and heard
0: that even be, him being in Three from Hell was pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, they, uh, the if you look online, Rob Zombie did an interview with I think Bloody Disgusting, where I don't remember the outlet, but they, he told the story about how essentially he wrote a whole script of Three from Hell with him as a primary character, and then he started no, he he started seeing what was going on, and they had to scale back, scale back, scale back. Lionsgate wouldn't insure him, and he had to then go to Lionsgate and, like, beg on him bend his bended knee to get him in for one day. And they shot his stuff in Three from Hell in one day. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sid Hague's been he was a journeyman. I, I would call him legend.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. He has, the, like, 1,500 acting credits I was reading.
1: Yeah, I mean, like— That's amazing. I I— The first time I would have seen him was on Star Trek on that, uh, the Return of the Archons episode. And I didn't know who Sid Haig was at that point. I just knew he was, it was was this is a Star Trek actor. He's one of those
0: guys like, oh, he's 80. He's old.
4: Yeah.
1: And, uh, but yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses. He was in the Jack Hill, early Jack Hill films like Coffee and Foxy Brown and Spider Baby, which Spider Baby's, Spider Baby's a fun watch. Have you seen it, Ryan?
0: Not know uh, it's infamous though
1: it's a good Arrow video uh, uh, Blu-ray from what I've heard so maybe that's maybe it's worth a glance if it's cheap sure. for you um, and then he's in the greatest movie of all time Jackie Brown as a judge um, <laughs> how about um, Jackie Brown I know uh, and, uh, and yeah I mean actually they just added an NCM uh, event for one more screening of Three from Hell so I'm probably going to go now because I was content to wait for video but if this is the last one, I want to see it on a yeah. big screen. But yeah, 80 years old, he will be missed. And the tributes have been pouring in, and it's fun. Uh, but yeah, that's news.
0: Movies come out on Blu-ray, and sometimes we get them. I don't know about this week. Oh, actually, there is something I'm getting this week. In Blu-rays, in 4K release.
1: DVD releases in Blu-rays!
0: In fact, I think mine showed show up a day early. I think I had a update for it.
1: Is the release you're getting, uh, blah 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 blah, blah Big Crosby and Going My Way? No. Oh, you were you were you didn't end up getting
0: it? No. Oh, okay. I probably still will, but um, I uh, I've given myself a limit on what I get now, <laughs> and so uh, this week it was uh, vampires, John Carpenter's Vampires from Scream Factory. Hey, John
1: Carpenter's Vampires is coming out from Scream Factory. You can pick that up.
0: You know, because the only bummer with Warner Archives on Blu-ray is they're always. Like twenty two bucks, mm-hmm. so it's like I can get vampires with a slip cover. I make sure I get the slip cover with reversible art. Yeah, or I can get going.
1: Well, going my way is shout
0: select. Oh, it is shout select. Yeah, it uh, is shout select. Uh, they don't have um, slip covers all the time though.
1: No, and I don't know if they'll have one for this one. Which the title we're talking about is Bing Crosby and Going My Way, a Leo McCarey movie that won Bing Crosby his acting Oscar. It's a wonderful film that gives you hope, and I like it a lot. Nice. Um and uh yeah, I guess the newest releases though are yesterday. You can get that on Blu ray and four K. Uh God, I thought my troubles have been gone <laughs> away. That's not a you, place to hide away. Do you believe in yesterday? I did. Until I made that joke, it's <laughs> 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 no different than my Bruce uh, repeating the lyrics. But. Let's
0: ask the listeners. who was worse? Yeah. I guess I, I can't say him too much. I don't want to get sued by Apple music. Oh, never mind. Michael Jackson's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, a- and Anna, the new uh Luke Besson movie that I, I, I did the trailer know. was pretty fun. yeah
1: um, I mean I well, I don't like Luke Besson, but who does? I mean, he makes fun movies sometimes. Uh, Fifth, his, fifth
0: Element is fine.
1: It's fine. I think
0: his, his scripts are too complex, and he's not talented enough to tell the story. Yeah. But visually, he makes cool stuff. Eh. He's also an asshole.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> of course he is. That one I have no problem hating. Uh, but, uh, and then Child's Play, the remake, mm-hmm. um, which the best parts of it are Mark Hamill and the score by Brian McCrary. But mm-hmm. check it out anyway. See for uh, yourself.
0: I would say check it out because it's the one reboot that doesn't rely on the previous films it's I, it's definitely a new take on Chucky I like the pitch oh yeah no the pitch is awesome and I like I like the robot no I do too I um, it, it's just it exists yeah but
1: my favorite kill is in the car <laughs> like the yeah. self-driving car because it's the, it feels the most Chucky to me but that's also yeah. me relying on nostalgia yep uh, from Criterion you can get Charlie Chaplin in the circus uh, I which, love the cover for that I know it's really poppy and lovely maybe it has a poster inside That'd be sweet. Um, You can get The Letter with Betty Davis from Warner Archive. That's a good movie. Um, I would definitely check that out. You can get The Setup uh, from Warner Archive as well. Uh, You can get an anniversary edition of Sleepy Hollow from Paramount. And I bring Mm -hmm. that up because hopefully it's a better transfer from the one that I have on my shelf right now. The box art's badass. I know. It's really, really cool. Do you like Sleepy Hollow?
0: It's all right. All right, cool. I I mean, (laughs) I, I like violent films, so.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a good old, like, hammer horror tribute. It's the one Tim Burton movie. I'm like his aesthetic works really well for this film. Yeah, I I agree. It it it's perfect for him. Uh, Major League Two's getting put out on Blu-ray. I know that's the Warner Archives one. Maybe I'm thinking of and it's or maybe Sony, and it's like twenty four bucks with no special features and, and back to nice. the miners.
1: I I guess the question is like, do you watch the second one often enough to justify no, that? No, I would
0: <laughs> never buy that movie. It's not that good because they went from R-rated Major League to PG-rated Major League Two.
1: Anyway, uh, you could also that. you could also get Shaft on Blu-ray, the the new Shaft that came out. Uh, I forgot that came out. <laughs> I know, and I want to go. S- I want to watch it still, um, even though I've heard it's a little uh, unaware of the world. But uh, and then the last thing is the best thing. Uh, there's a miniseries uh, that, by uh, Stephen King and Mick Garris called The Stand, mm. and it's coming out on remastered Blu-ray. Pick that. up. That, I think that's a Warner uh, Archives too. No, it's Paramount. Paramount. Paramount CBS. Um but yeah, no that I love that miniseries a lot. Um it's not no, like right. it's it's not anything to do with like a Stephen King or even a McCarr- for some reason I just like I get sucked into it. Mm-hmm. I wanna see the new one, uh, even though I the the casting in that first one is really, really good. Like Gary Sinise and Bill Fakerbaker in it, and it's really good. Ruby D's in it and yeah. she's amazing. So anyway, unless I'm missing any releases, that's Blu rays.
0: We also watch films throughout the week in a segment we call Films We've Been Watching Throughout the Week, and we'll talk about on our podcast. So, uh,
1: yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: Brad, what'd you watch this week? Zach, what'd you watch this week? Uh, no, no, I got Are it. Are you good?
2: <laughs> I was just changing my uh, post to send us your list before Wednesday, because it looks like we're doing Thursday now. Cool. For Film Explosion. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I went so. the devil with that. <laughs> Uh, I saw it one and two at the drive-in. Hmm. Um, right on. Um, How is it?
0: How is it back to back? Does it seem really long?
2: Uh, not not terribly long. Um, I I only saw the first it once mm-hmm. in theaters. So that was like 2017, I think. Yeah, um, 2017, two yeah, years ago. And I was like, yeah, is all right. You know, it's 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 kind of Stranger Things without the sci-fi ishness yeah. Um, and then you know this one I was, you know. I, I want it to feel like a complete experience, but the second one has, like, Mike narrating, so all of a sudden there's a narrator yeah. in the thing. Um, so that was odd, but, uh, yeah, it helped me remember some things that connected
1: to the second one.
0: I still love uh, the character of Ben as a kid and all the new kids on the block <laughs> references. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get you the right stuff? I fucking
1: love that shit. That door gag, when she closes the door, sees the poster, and then just says, I won't tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, like, she doesn't
0: say it, but closes the door. I, I think... And the young woman who plays Beverly, I think she's really sweet in that movie. Yeah. yeah.
2: Although it's weird if like back to back, like she has to deal like two big sequences where there's tons of blood splattered at her. Mm
0: -hmm. I was reading, uh, wasn't on bloody disgusting that in it it too where Jessica Chastain is in the stall is the most blood ever uh, in one single shot in a film. Yeah. Well,
1: it's because they could afford it. It's a big budget movie. Oh yeah. No, I'm (laughs) just saying. I think
0: it's an interesting like. Fact.
1: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I also, I love that scene because it's that split thing between her and Ben and like, (laughs) you know, all those sit ups and all those push ups for nothing. Like, Uh that's a good scene.
2: Um, and then I also watched a documentary, um, about the amazing Acrocats. Oh. Which is a show that, uh, you know, this, uh, woman trained a bunch of cats. You know, it's, it looks like a circus. You can see them like roll around on balls, uh, climb up posts and pull flags that say applause. Uh, you know, they, they play musical instruments. Um, and uh, that's a show that's been at the Bug a couple times. And someone made a documentary about it. It's okay. It's a little... I don't know, it feels a little shallow. Uh, it's cool to see, like, the Bug in something that, you know, I'm not yeah. related to. Uh, but it kind of shows this woman, Samantha Martin's uh, life. But I, I kind of wanted to, like see it dig a little deeper there's there's not a ton of conflict other than you know can she make rent um as she goes along or the or if the, the van breaks down they can't do the show because they, they're like they're five miles away from the event. How long is the documentary well, it feels, it's pretty short it feels like maybe an hour and ten maybe hour twenty
1: was it like on prime or something
2: uh, It was a blu-ray that someone <gasps> uh, gave me oh, um okay. it is on Amazon you can get it um I don't know if it's a prime streaming thing but Is it nine dollars? Because cats
1: have nine lives.
2: No. Okay. No, it costs more to make a Blu-ray than
1: that, (laughs) (laughs) and they're not going to
2: lose money on it for a joke like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's
1: why I'm not good at business.
2: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's it's very surface-level stuff. I Mm. kind of we should dig deeper into how the actual uh, circus gets put together. Mm. You know, like she had, she has an assistant. For some of it, you know, the big conflict is, you know, this is Samantha's dream, not her assistant. So her assistant's, you know, looking towards getting married and moving on and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a couple of years old. Cause like one of the other things is the, the van breaks down. She does a Kickstarter. All the fans help her buy a new one. Um, and the new one isn't the one I saw at the bug last time. So she's upgraded since then. So it seems like she's doing pretty well. It also talks about her parents and, um, like, what, no, mom has Alzheimer's, and like, they both passed really close together. Um, and one of the cats had cancer, like, her favorite cat. So, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I uh, watched the Between Two Ferns movie. You too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll save that for last then. <laughs> okay. Um, so for, uh, leading up to, um, the movie this week, uh, I'll, the Alamo offered a Rambo marathon. Uh, so first blood through last blood all the way through, uh, eight hours, I think straight. It's a lot. Um,
0: it's a lot of people dying.
2: Yeah. Speaking of that. Um, so first blood is like a masterpiece. Mm. Great film. Uh, cause it's really, it's basically a character book. study. It's a character study of a war vet with PTSD and, uh, abusive law enforcement that don't understand. Yeah. Um, that at all and they're just bullies and
0: it's really interesting that uh ptsd has been around for so long i mentioned this I, I watched a carrie Grant film called eagle and the hawk and it deals with it a lot and of the effect on it. And that movie is 1937 and i mean it never caught trash in like rambo and you realize that this has been talked about and they even talk about it from um you know world war one and stuff and why there's a stigma about people that came home and they're not dealt with properly. It's a really sad thing, and I think that's why Ram uh, First Blood is really powerful. Yeah. Be- and Stallone is amazing in that movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's um, a great film.
2: Yeah, you know, he gets make, makes fun, made fun of because of his impediment, and... Um, yeah. But that last scene, you know, he's really acting his ass off, I think.
0: Oh, no, that last scene is I think one of the hardest, most touching scenes in cinema. Yeah. Because you have... Uh, you know, his commander show up and saying, it's okay. You got to give up. You can't be doing this. And, and then he just breaks down and says, you don't know what it's like when all your people around you are dying. And I, I, yeah, he doesn't get enough credit for how amazing he is in that film, and then I mean the one-two punch with that Rocky, and I mean yeah, he's been really solid his whole career. Yeah,
1: and Richard Crenna, Richard Crenna oh, yeah. in that first movie, like I, I know I make the joke about him being a radio actor, but the truth is like that his performance is is pretty astounding in that no, first in that first film. the
0: first film is Brad Hitt is a yeah. fucking masterpiece. It's yeah. a wonderful movie. Yeah, and well, two... you say wonderful for a movie that's that hardcore. Huh. Yeah, I can say you say wonderful, <laughs>
2: uh, and then two is. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, uh but it does it still has something to say about prisoners of war yeah. and um the it, government kind of
0: go screwing whip around with that because how is that watching him back to back because you're seeing like this gritty drama basically.
2: Yeah, he's slowly becoming a superhero. Yeah, and then you go
0: into <laughs> Rambo too where he's just mowing fuckers down. Yeah,
2: it's still it's still more grounded than the other three, but um uh it is more like you know, he's becoming an action. Like in yeah, the first place, like, he's not an action hero. He's just yeah. a guy, you know, he's a war vet doing self-defense tactics. He wanders yeah. into
1: a town and gets yeah, pushed he's, around.
2: Yeah,
0: he literally comes in town and people don't like Vietnam vets. My dad talks about that when he went to the Navy and he came back, you know, as a time when they hated Vietnam vets. And if, I mean, even st- like Born on the Fourth of July talks about it, and you go, wow, this they, is.
1: They threw shit at you, man. Yeah, they threw shit literally, at you
0: literally, yeah, it's yeah. it's horrible.
2: Yeah. Um, and the two, you know, uh yeah, it's it's all it's guns out. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's mowing people down. Um, and then three, he's full on superhero because he takes on the entire um, Russian army. Fucking a, does fighting for Afghanistan. <laughs> yep,
0: that hasn't aged well.
2: Yeah, um, you no, know, fine. The Russians
0: has always a thing to do.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, but like the Afghanistan army is like the heroes in that movie. Yeah, and that that's interesting. That changed. Um, so yeah, and he's you know single handedly taking all those people on. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, Rambo itself, the fourth one, um, it's a smaller movie, but I think it's like, it's the only one that's actually directed by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's like night and day, like, oh, the, I agree. uh, the filmmaking, like the visceral quality of it, like just he, out of nowhere, it's like he upped his game
0: Well, that. Cause he also gets rid of, um, the cartoony violence in two and three where i i mean there's some cartoony things in <laughs> One rambo three,
2: like yeah he pulls the pins on a dude's grenade vest and yeah. then the guy falls down a hole and then breaks his neck yeah
0: i mean it's and then explodes exactly <laughs> in in rambo i mean it's visceral i yeah. mean he leaves it on screen for you to see i mean the people getting blown up going through the rice paddies and stuff you're like
2: hey. yep They're just getting torn apart and yeah. shredded by this uh huge minigun um yeah and that's uh that's when I really started to hate doing the marathon <laughs> mm. because some of the audience started cheering the civilian deaths like like it was cool. Like look at that. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Right behind me. So I was already annoyed cuz they were just talking a little bit mm. through everything, but then they started cheering the civilian deaths in cuz there's not That's really weird. that much in the first 3. Yeah. Um but yeah, like innocent people are getting slaughtered like <laughs> graphically. It's like oh, these guys should uh, be on a watch list.
1: (laughs) It's it's not exactly the same, but when I went to the John Wick triple feature, people were getting way too involved. Like, to a disturbing level.
2: I was so mad at one point, I actually, like, smashed my hand on the table in front of me because, like, I couldn't stand them anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But but they weren't talking enough where, like, I could throw up a card and have someone come by and watch them. So, anyway. Um, So I was a little bit exhausted by the fourth one. Um, and then, you know, I had, I've had a lot of fun in the past, like watching the graphicness of that movie, mm. but now it's just it kind of feels like, you know, it, it's impressive cause it's a lot of, it's digital too. Mm. Um, but like seeing those guys really enjoy it, I was like, Ugh, it's gross. And then, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the fifth one later. And the last thing I watched was the room again, but I got to meet Tommy Wiseau. Oh, hi <laughs> Brad. you seem way
0: more happy in your picture than, uh, uh, Who took the... Risa. Risa, thank you.
2: Yeah, because it was like after midnight.
1: Yeah. Way after midnight from what you told me.
2: Yeah, so uh, it was the second night of... Each night had two shows. They even did a Sunday show, uh, which is... They don't usually do Esquire Midnights on Sundays, uh, but Tommy was there, and uh, so we got there early and still had to wait in line around the block, Um, and I didn't know that he was doing a photo op, so Mm -hmm. we're sitting there waiting for just people to go into the theater. And then all of a sudden uh she goes, I want to take a picture of the quote on the sign outside. And then she comes back and like, "Tommy, like, Tommy Wiseau's in the lobby. It's <laughs> like, oh, and then some dude in front of us is like, yeah, he's actually, uh, you, if you buy something, you can get a photo with him. I was like, oh, well, we got to do that. Yeah. Um, but it took like 45 minutes, mm. I think, to get to that point. What'd you buy? I bought the Blu-ray.
0: Oh, there's a Blu-ray of the room? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: It's like 40 bucks on Amazon, but he was selling it for twelve ninety nine. So <laughs> <laughs> um He also sold his oh, underwear. Oh, hi, I am
0: cutting Amazon money away from them <laughs> because they're no good for my movie. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm tearing these prices <laughs> apart, Lisa. Yeah.
2: yeah, he had the DVD, the Blu-ray, uh, some of his underwear, uh, a couple T-shirts with that quote on it. Mm. Shit about the underwear. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> um and then he, he offered you know to sign it too so i was like i'm gonna get the blu-ray
1: no he had to get it we have to get it to a crime lab <laughs>
2: yeah um yeah and he's you know totally cool like uh instantly reached out to shake hands yeah. um like i at one point i kind of forgot to do the signing part so he's like you want me to sign anything and um he, you know signed it on the disc and it's just really pleasant like way more than i expected he wasn't you expect him to be super weird. Yeah. Um, uh, But no, almost to the point where I was like, if this is like an Andy Kaufman style, like 20 year <laughs> gag. It's <That's> pretty <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. And he also doesn't look that different for being 20 years older than the movie.
0: No, your picture. I don't like, oh. He looks pretty. You yeah. know what? And if, if I was him too, I would totally embrace it like he did because, yeah. I mean, he's made a career out of it. Yeah. And you might as well. I mean, if people, that many people come out to support me. Why the fuck not?
2: Yeah, and watching the Blu ray, like there's some special features where it's Greg Sestero as the voiceover, like doing the interview. <laughs> and uh I'm I'm starting to kind of feel like maybe this is like a huge gag. <laughs> like from it's the awesome. get go, they were making a bad movie and they just played it like the whole marketing is a way to sell it. Um and the
0: disaster artist movie is in on the gag. That'd be they may so... not be
2: in on it, but they might be playing into their hands. That's so awesome. Um, That'd because, be great if that's like, what it was.
0: Because then he he would be like an Andy Kaufman-style genius. Yeah, and he's
2: getting like money from all the screenings for the past 20 years, like all the midnight screenings and um, building the fan base. Yeah, because he owns that film, right?
1: Yeah. Fuck. He's making another film called Big Shark.
2: Yeah, so I saw a trailer for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, And yeah, so uh, after we did the whole photo op and signing thing... um we went upstairs and cause it's two shows at the same time. He has to do a Q and a downstairs first for everybody and then come up for us. And we didn't start the movie until one or we didn't start the Q and a till like 1am. Wow. So then he did the Q and a for like five minutes and his Q and a was tons of fun. Cause we're in the upper part of the Esquire and it's really, you know, it's like, it's like six rows. Right. Yeah. Um, And he's just like going up and down the short stairs just kind of pointing to people like, you know, next question. Like sometimes they're, the questions are just kind of goofy. So like he had some really like fun answers to like blow them off really quick. <laughs> like someone asked, uh, how many belts are you wearing? It's like, can't you count? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you can, you can see them and count them yourself. Um, I asked him if you could be half animal, what would he choose? And he said, tiger, like, nice. Do you have to think about it? Um,
0: and he's not his the airplane home. He asked me good question about tiger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and some people actually, actually ask some really thoughtful questions about like, uh, you know, if, what what movie left like what role would you like to do and stuff and um they weren't all weird answers they were mm-hmm. just like actually thoughtful filmmaking things um so yeah that was cool nice um yeah i won't give you the blu-ray though because i want you to watch it with a live audience because fuck you then <laughs> it's the only way to watch it i guess i watched a little bit of it on blu-ray and it was a different movie <laughs> <laughs> without people's commentary so i don't know if i want you to have that <laughs> experience and, uh, yeah, that's all I watch. Oh, yeah, Between Two Ferns. Um, how is it? <laughs>
0: it's bizarre. Yeah. It's, but funny. It's, Ooh. it's
2: really funny in a lot of places and kind of just kind of meh in a lot of other, other I love Will
0: Ferrell, Will Ferrell in it.
2: I love Will Ferrell being like
0: <laughs> a total fucking dick.
2: Yeah. Like a huge, like mega producer. <laughs> for funnier <or> die. <laughs> for, yeah. Well <laughs> he what, what rolls is, up on that. What does segue? he say? He's like,
0: you get the clicks, you get the, you get the money. You get the money, you get the white. You get the white, you get the purple. The purple around you, <laughs> yeah. and he shows up to uh, the public access thing where between two ferns is being filmed in the stretch Hummer, and then he gets on an electric <laughs> scooter, and he's all pissed off because Zach Alphanakis has flooded it with Matthew McConaughey, and Matthew McConaughey died. Yeah, for a little for bit. a little bit, they revived him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, my thing, I fucking, I'm like so in love with Brie Larson right now, but she has, uh, you know, Zach's interviewing her, and he says, I mean, what. Captain Marvel—that's a stupid name. She says, "What's your superhero, Captain Crunch?" <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, and then like even the the meta jokes where John Hamm is doing a signing at a church because he doesn't say no to anything. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think the best parts are just the interviews themselves. Oh yeah, uh, everything around it is just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's there. They have to go cross country to uh, like Will Ferrell gives them the option of, "Look, I won't fire you uh, or whatever if you can." get 10 more shows for me. And then if you do that, I'll make you, I'll give you a lifetime channel talk show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and-
0: it, but I love the end. <sighs> yeah, fuck you, Zach. Um, so, uh, where he's, uh, they go and they finish the thing. They go see Will Ferrell and he says, uh, Tokyo time, so fuck you <laughs> And then just cause of somebody who says here's your contract to sign and he's like oh, I was just messing with you, yeah, there's your yeah. contract.
2: and he treats like the when they finally have all the tapes ready yeah. to go to like present to him. Like he treats it like a drug deal. He's like, <laughs> stay behind the line. Yeah. Like <laughs> kick him across the room, and they won't kick because or slide because it's carpet.
0: Yeah, it's so stu- <laughs> it is Zach Alphinakas' humor though, like pretty spot on. If you see yeah. his stand up or and how protective is
2: he is of those ferns? Yeah, because th- he thinks they're the same ferns. <laughs> ferns. <laughs> his assistant keeps replacing him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah like yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the j- jokes are. It's good. Trailer looks. Like, the insults of like all the celebrities about. are pretty
0: fun. Oh yeah, I mean. His actual interviews are always great. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's not in the movie, but his Steve Carell one's probably my favorite one. you check that one oh, out. Oh
2: yeah, uh, and then yeah, the, the credits has the gag reel of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the interviews that didn't
0: go well. Yep. Um, yeah it's, it's worth a watch. Yeah, sweet. It's on Netflix. Oh, well, I'll just go because you know I have tons of shit. Ryan, what did you watch this so, widdle in here? Um, yeah, hold on to your butts. Um, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Got that that is a Jurassic Park. Uh, so I'll just do these in the order I have them on uh, Letterbox. So it's not going to be any um, set order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the last outpost with uh, Cary Grant, um, and in it he plays a British general during World War One, mm-hmm. uh, and it deals with um, India as well. Um,
1: this th- is the Claude Rains one, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Claude lot is really great in it. Um, the, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. It's been so, I saw it two weeks ago, but basically, uh, they're part of this, um, outfit that has to, that's being overtaken during world war one. Um, it's between, um, the Indian people. Um, and I can't even remember, but basically Claude rains and Cary Grant don't like each other. They're feuding, um, commanders. Um, and then at the end, uh, Claude Rains realizes that Cary Grant's really. Oh, that's right, because Cary Grant is in love with his wife, Claude Reigns' wife, mm-hmm. and she's in love with Cary Grant because Claude Rains is some asshole. And, uh. Um, that,
1: that checks out. Yeah. And,
0: uh, so then they get into a, a gun battle, and, um, then how it shakes out, you'll never know because that movie is 84 years old. Noah.
1: Uh, uh you mean I can't watch it <laughs> ever? Yeah.
0: So they they end up getting this fight, and Claude Rains saves Carrie Grant's life mm. while he dies, and then he ends up marrying Claude Rains now widow. So it all works out in the end.
1: This one's on Warner Archive, right?
0: Uh, it's a TCM. Oh, but I got it as part of that this 18? eighteen film yeah. collection because on their own the TCM stuff is like twenty bucks. Yeah, that's really expensive. Yeah, um, I'll have to borrow it from you. You can, um, and I will. <laughs> uh, it chapter two was good um it missed the heart of the first one which i had a feeling that it would mm-hmm. because uh it's harder to care for adults than it is for children in peril um there is some great moments in it i also i, I have problems that, uh, the problems i had with the book um aren't really in the film because they exercise a lot of the crap
2: mm-hmm. yeah i thought because when you told me the what the it actually is. And yeah. I was like, how are they going to pull that off? And I felt like the movie did it pretty well. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. It's, my only problem is, is I know he feeds off fear. Uh, but and when you're sitting
2: there going the whole time, like guys, you know what the solution to this is, right? Yeah. In your head.
0: Yeah. And then, and know. then at the end, they just say, we're not afraid of you. And he goes, woo, woo. And he shrinks all small, but he literally just killed some dude at the same. Why does he just like swipe them all? <laughs> That's my biggest problem with it. I, I, I think Bill Skarsgård is amazing though Uh the scene with the little girl <laughs> underneath the bleachers is really chilling. Um, because also,
2: almost unnecessary. I was talking about this oh, with it someone is. else because it, it felt like it was in there for people who didn't see the first one.
0: I also think it was in there, too, because Pennywise went away for a while. You know, we had to put another scene in there, why you're afraid of Pennywise. Yeah. Because, uh, But he's really good in that scene. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good movie. I, I think uh, Bill Hader is amazing in it. Um
1: I've been thinking about it recently and I really love that opening scene with um the Xavier Dolan and, and uh getting thrown off the bridge and uh the red balloons coming out of Oh anything. yeah it's, it's 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 so well executed and and the Stanley uh John Carpenter's the thing head in the in the house near the yeah. end that just rises up I'm just like that's a beautiful effect.
0: Yeah so it's I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um,
1: it's mean though. It's yeah. mean.
0: <laughs> uh, I also watched uh, Nightmare Cinema, which Zach loves. Um, oh boy, not in love with it like Zach is. Uh, but did you like it? I, I liked it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what. I, uh, which one did you hate? Um, I thought the one with the lady uh, who's getting plastic surgery was pretty weak. Um, I really liked the black and white one. With the lady uh, going crazy. Oh, David Slade's one, yeah. Yeah, that one was really well made. Yeah. Um yeah, that's me. that's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um the wraparound story was meh. Um I thought the uh the kid the one with the kid who got um oh, wow. shot. Uh, uh uh
1: that's Mick Mick Garris's one. It's yeah. the one at the very end, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that one's pretty haunting. Because mm-hmm. it's um even though I thought it was an interesting take that it's you know, his mom is the one who wants him to die because she doesn't want to be without him. Mm -hmm. So in in the short, uh, these, this family is um, carjacked by this dude who shoots him to death Mm -hmm. Um, and the little kid gets shot and he survives but part of him surviving is now he's haunted by uh, dead people and one of the and this one dead person, who is his mother, is trying to force him to die so she can be with him. And I thought that was a pretty interesting take on it.
1: Yeah, it's it's got like the the heart of a Stephen King idea in it with, yeah. within it. And uh, uh, I've I've been watching it a couple of times. Like, I I really like Kitamura's segment with the in the church because it's just so ballsy. Nah. But uh, I really really like Brugius' one at the beginning with the um, uh, the um, the welder, um, oh yeah, the welders. The welder's fun. It's a twist. Yeah, it's, it's a fun one too.
0: It's a fun movie. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you liked it. Yeah, uh, I watch Enter Madam, which is also another Cary Grant film, uh, where Cary Grant marries an opera singer and she becomes a really big deal, and he's not anymore. So that's basically their trials and tribulations um, of them being married, and she's a superstar. It's all right. Um, oh,
1: is it like a, it's like a star is born.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Not as good. Um, uh, Big Brown Eyes is also another Cary Grant um, film, but it, it's, I actually really like this one um, in it. Um, Joan Bennett plays uh, a manicurist and she, uh, she works on the nails of mob people and Cary Grant is a detective in it. And it's actually uh it's pretty hardcore because so they the setup for the mob in it. So the mob, there's this jewelry, uh, theft that happened and the mob wants these jewels and they want $140,000 for it. So they, this is pretty early in the film and they meet in a park and the one gangster thinks he's being double crossed. So the one guy starts taking off and he just whips out his gun and start shooting. And while he's shooting, he kills a baby in the park and then Cary Grant is the whole movie is him setting up, uh, trying to figure out who it is and, uh, who the big players are. And, um, he uses his, um, girlfriend as, um, to get information. And they have this really funny relationship where she wants him to commit and he won't because he's too busy, um, trying to solve this case. And, um, but it's, it's a pretty dark film, but it has comedy elements to it. So it's kind of like a dark comedy. Uh, and he's really good in it. Um, because he doesn't really play dark characters very often, yeah, we or ta- even tough guys.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it. He doesn't really get to delve into that realm, but when he gets dark, he gets dark. Like, Oh, yeah, no, and, into it's, it.
0: and it's really... Uh, How'd you like Joan Bennett in the movie? Oh, she was great.
1: Did you know that her sister is Constance Bennett from Topper?
0: Oh, right yeah. on. So uh,
1: Cary Grant got in both the Bennett sisters. He sure did. Yes, guess. That sounded um, really, really gross in me. And
0: another really fun film with Joan Bennett in the same year is uh, called Wedding Present. Mm -hmm. and it's uh they're two um reporters so it kind of feels like his girl friday light um but it's it's really fun um yeah sorry i'm trying to remember it um so yeah so they get married and Cary grant gets tired of the city editor so he gets promoted to the city editor that nobody likes Cary grant as the city editor and it's about them basically um Finding their love again. It's a cute movie. It's really fun. Um, Last week, I was supposed to be on the show, but we—I got stuck at work, and we did like this roulette of uh, streaming stuff. I got *Untouchable*, which is the Harvey Weinstein um, Mm. documentary on Hulu. Mm, Which pretty touchable, yeah. Which is not so. uh, It reminded me a lot of um, what's the Cary Grant one where it's uh, that you.
1: Oh, being becoming be- Cary becoming becoming Grant, 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 where it yeah. deals with
0: his LSD use. Which I didn't like about that film is it. They did a lot of establishing shots and a lot of slow motion of the ocean and stuff like that, which Untouchable does. However, the I didn't really like Untouchable that much. But what I did like about it is these women, uh, women's stories need to be heard. And the creepy thing about them is that they're all pretty much the same story mm-hmm. about they he would he's like he's like a caricature because these uh, they talk about this woman so Harvey Weinstein if you know the story he used to be a record uh, a music producer or promoter in uh, New York and he started abusing women around that time and he would basically say um, do you know who I am I can ruin you and you won't even have a career anymore and so he would force these women to have sex with him and this one lady says, yeah, um, you know, and this was in the 70s. He was supposed to get two rooms. So she, he only got one. She said, well, you're laying on the floor. And he's like, okay. So she went to bed, and then he got into bed with her naked. And she said, is it worth losing my career for five minutes? And then she, like, starts crying because she realizes she doesn't know. It's really sad and how he treats these women in it. And, um and it's really hard to hear their stuff, but you need to hear it because the women don't need to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. And that, and it just proves that that dude's a fucking asshole. Um, there's nothing revelatory about it. I mean, it's all been reported before, but actually hearing the women's voices with it and how much he scarred them is despicable. And um, they signed a lot of nondisclosure agreements. And um, w- one of his assistants who was afraid of him Uh, signed it because her friend was the one who was actually abused by him Um, and she said she didn't know when she signed it too that if the part of their agreement was that you had to agree to help him uh, if anything happens legally like uh, so you'd have to say I can't talk to you or whatever the case may be while they're interviewing it and he basically would pay $130,000 for women to go away and it also implicates Bob because they said he would just sit there and be like my brother and he wouldn't talk to him. And I guess towards the end it was. And uh, that's why Miramax uh, Disney separated from them. Because everybody knew. Everybody knew. And that they signed all these non-disclosure acts. And he would just pay to make them go away is really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not. The documentary is not that well made. But the, you need to hear the women's stories in it. If that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, happier stuff. I also watched a Cary Grant movie called People Will Talk. Which is actually a really great film. Um, in it, uh, Cary Grant plays a, uh, oh, he's a, he's, his name is doctor. uh, His his name is, he's a doctor and doctor, 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 doctor. (laughs) No, his name's Dr. Noah Petraeus. And, uh, uh, Jean Crane is, um, a patient of his, or she's a student and she passes out when he's about to, um, do an autopsy on a corpse. And when he brings her in, he finds out that she is pregnant, and that the uh, the father is no, not in the picture. Ah. So in the forties, that's a you know big no no. And so he's telling her, he said, you know you'll be all right. And so she um, leaves his office and tries to commit suicide. So she goes back into his um, care, and he's a different kind of it's kind of interesting because he's a, he wants to be a doctor where it's about taking care of the patients yeah, and it's not about um, the money or all the other stuff. It's about helping people. And so through the course of this, he says, you know, you really should tell your father. And she says, I can't. And he ends up showing up at her house because she runs away from the hospital. And there he finds out he loves her and asks her to marry him. And he told her in the hospital after she shot herself, he's, said, you didn't have to worry because you're not pregnant. You know, we we read the test wrong. Mm. And his colleague says, you're lying to her. He said, I know I am. but So she's still pregnant. He said, but I want her to have a... It's a really fascinating story.
1: It sounds a lot like Dark Victory. Yeah, so he... Dark Victory like that, yeah. So yeah.
0: he goes and he actually proposes to her and they get married. And there's a great scene where she, he's sitting on the bed and talking to her. And she said, I think I'm pregnant. And he says, oh. And... She said, yeah, so we'll have to get ready for a baby in December. He says, no, October. And so there's this great scene where she realizes that he lied to her uh-huh. about protecting her. And so she goes, she said, she says, well, you know, did you just marry me because, you know, you didn't want this baby not to have a father? He says, no, I married you because I love you and I fell in love with you. Mm. And that's going to be my kid. Mm. And she says, it's nice. He says, How's that kid going to know if we raise that child? It's a really great moment. And then there's another part where his uh, conniving uh, doctor at the university is trying to get him fired. Um, but, and it's it's a pretty pretty solid film. Yeah, um,
1: this reminds me a lot of not not all of Dark Victory, but like the the feel of it, like just kind of like a it's melodrama, but it but it's but it's really grasping the material correctly. Oh yeah,
0: it's yeah. really well done. It's uh, Joseph Makowitz wrote and directed it. Mm, okay, um, that makes a lot of sense. And. You should watch it alone for the scene where he tells her why he married her and it's not for the reason she thinks. Um, we
1: think this would
0: have been a nomination. A oh, nomination? yeah. He is so good in it. I mean, it's not one of his best movies, but the movie's really good. Because, um, you know, he has some. I don't know if they're clunkers, but they're not great at the beginning of his career. But right about this time, because I think it's 50, 50. Um, right about this time, he really starts picking great material for himself mm-hmm.
1: um i know we've talked about a couple <laughs> yeah
0: um so and he's he's really on top of his game he yeah, had 1951 so he's really on top of his game in it and it's watch it for that scene alone because okay. um, and that's one of those ones that was on dvd that they stopped producing in like 20th century fox oh, so i waited and i waited and i got it used and it was still like 17 dollars sh- and i'm actually glad i did because it's a freaking great movie awesome um and that's what i watched this last two weeks zach would you watch
1: um uh not a whole lot um, lies <laughs> um i did a fitness cinema um for 2014 godzilla um and i hadn't watched the movie since theaters uh and i really liked it this time around because i kind of just i kind of approached it the same way I approached King of the Monsters where I'm just like it's a Godzilla movie. And what I like about Gareth Edwards and what he does with the film is that he he treats it super seriously the same way the first original Godzilla is. Um and Cranston's great in it. Um Ken Watanabe's fantastic in the movie. Um I th- I think if my my I don't have an issue with there not being a ton of Godzilla in it. My issue is is that it's trying to cram in a couple more established monsters as opposed to it just being a Godzilla movie. I like that Mike uh Rodan and stuff like that is in there, but
0: it... See, when I watched it the second time, I thought it was better because I knew that Godzilla wasn't in it as much and it was more of the reveal of him and I appreciated that filmmaking technique. Yeah. I think I think it's actually a really good movie. Yeah.
1: I like I say my my issue is more of just like, oh, there there's other monsters that he's fought before or, or in the first one. Oh, okay. Like, and, but it, but it, it doesn't like take away from the enjoyment, and I love the final shot of him walking away from the city and into the water. It's a yeah. really good shot. Um, so yeah, uh, if you haven't seen uh 2014 Godzilla, watch it. It's a lot of fun. Um, that's uh, yeah. Uh, I uh, I watched Charade in a movie theater. That's right. I saw with that uh, with Ryan. So uh, we can. Kind of chat about that a little bit. Uh, I had not watched Charade in a long-ass time.
0: The movie's awesome.
1: It is. It's, it's wonderful. Then um,
2: why'd you give it two stars on Letterboxd?
1: I did not give it two stars on Letterboxd. Mm. What the heck are you talking about?
2: You pressed the button wrong, then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, the, I pressed the button wrong, better then. better be a five-star I was shocked.
2: Movie. I was like, wow. He was really excited about this movie. and
1: I didn't even, I didn't even put any stars on it.
0: It better be five stars, because if you don't... I put the heart on it. You're fucking
1: wrong. I put the heart on it. Um, I will adjust that. But anything anyway. I change about
0: you, Zach? Nothing. Well, I mean, if you want to say that, I mean you want to be like Audrey Hepburn, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> That's from the movie, guys. Yeah, any, I know. Any nineteen sixty three We would know
1: there? that because we went to the movie. Yeah, missed you, Brad. Yeah. What Where, would you go to? How's it the drive in watching it? You could have watched Charade. Anyway though, I, I hadn't watched the movie in a while. Um and the 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 hype up for me was just like okay I'm gonna watch this as if though it's like a Hitchcock esque movie because mm-hmm. the first time I watched it I was just kind of like it's a Cary Grant movie this time around yes I'm seeing the Hitchcock of it all but it's a Stanley Donan movie oh yeah it's very much a Stanley Donan movie it's well choreographed very well choreographed. not 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 by dance way but like more like but just, the
0: use of you know Jerry who never saw it before yeah uh, saw it with us and he mentioned. Um, that it felt like a musical Mm -hmm. and the sound is very important. I'm like, you're right. I mean, Donan had a way. And I mentioned the grass is greener as a Cary Grant film too. There's a scene where they duel in it yeah, and the, the editing and the pace of it is so good. yeah. And it reminds me a lot of, I think the chase in this film where he's chasing her through the subway is really amazing. Yeah. And,
1: and the blocking just like, just the blocking and dialogue scenes and just like moving the way that story moves. It's fantastic. It's, Full of energy and vibrance. The 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 character actors that are in it are wonderful. And like it seems like every character actor ever is in charade. Oh yeah. Like I forgot George Kennedy's in charade. He's He's wonderful. Yeah. And um but you know, and that and that Henry Mancini score is incredible. It's it's ah, it's it's wonderful. Um but yeah, and then we did the they did a Q and A after Mm -hmm. the movie and um I honestly don't remember the guy who was doing it, so this is probably a good thing. But he was very scattered on the whole affair. But like after watching the film, like he was there. We we kept mentioning to him like different Hitchcock films that he could be like grabbing at. But I'm just like, I think this is more a case of like he wants to do a Hitchcock type story. And yes, Donan's intelligent enough to use those shot selections from Hitchcock movies, but it's shot. As if though Donan is directing it, yeah. like the the flow of a Hitchcock film is something actually, that's I'd, entirely
0: different. Watching, it, I never got a because he mentioned um, Vertigo. I didn't get that from uh, uh, what's the dude's... George Kennedy's character hanging from the side of the
1: it's a it it would be a visual homage,
0: but i mean i don't even think, then it's not that you know straight. it isn't
1: it, it isn't because the background in that shot is dark it's mm-hmm. crushed black in vertigo you can see down into the yeah. alley that whole point is to see down into the alley great vertigo i think it yes yeah. <laughs> exactly some would say. yeah exactly or or as uh as some kids who love the seventies call it the jaw shot um <laughs> no um. But I think that ultimately, like, I mean, I see where it is like it's the best Hitchcock film that Hitchcock never made. Um, they're lying. It's high anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that it is like a Hitchcockian esque affair that is fun to watch. And I think I, this might be my favorite Cary Grant movie that has nothing to do with Hitch. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and I, it maybe that scene in the shower. I don't know. That scene, that scene's pretty damn
0: amazing um
1: yeah where he i mean he
0: also said that Cary grant would never or hitchcock would never sink that low to put Cary grant in that i go mm, i'll just be quiet
1: yeah it, there <laughs> there was a lot of ryan and i turning into each other going like mm, yeah i mean you can't see it on the show but you know yeah we, um, we gave
0: each other looks about, but he didn't say that did he
1: yeah, all right yeah but that was the end though of the hitch with a twist series that was a really good series they had a lot of great films there um hands down, my favorite screening was probably Mr. and Mrs. Smith, just because I had never seen that movie on a big screen. I don't think I've seen a Carol Lombard movie on a big screen. So there was like a lot of other factors involved with did it. Did you
0: keep the pen? I, or the button I found you, for I, you? Di- I did. I did. I did. I, I can't believe I was left over. People, people didn't realize it was Carol Lombard.
1: I just need to find a way to make a Jack Benny button and I can have <laughs> a to be or not to be reunion on my chest. Oh, Carol Lombard, um, Lovely, lovely woman. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah. And then uh, the only other thing this week was uh, I made a, I, I made a quote unquote short film. Uh, I got that
0: motherfucker up. We're recording on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true. Um, I had it up. I uploaded it, but we have to give it to Brad tonight. So.
0: Okay. Brad has to bell us out again. No. Well, Thanks I for being the talented me. one.
1: I did the work. Did you just pull your badge out to prove something to us? Uh, it's just bothering me. <laughs> um, but, Yeah. But yeah, no i i uh I filmed a I filmed an ad for Film Explosion and uh, felt really good making it. Yeah, feel, good pr- getting d- back there. I wish I, we had more time to do
2: stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like we haven't been able to capitalize on. it. We have a YouTube page with like just our episodes on it.
1: Uh, <laughs> after after working with um Spencer and Aaron on it, uh, I'm tempted to be like, hey guys, we want to do some more weird random stuff. We could put on the YouTube Real Nerds page, <laughs> like not random, but like, we'd find a way to make it film themed. But we had fun doing it on the fly, like out of nowhere, so it was a lot of fun. It uh, doesn't have to be good. Just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, since it's not well, Brad, it pick... won't be, so.
1: Whoa. <laughs> uh, Shots, yeah, I'm sorry. Your your badge being out. <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah, you can't <laughs> criticize him with that badge out.
1: You can. You, yeah, your First wait, Amendment right. You can say are, whatever you want to me. Are you Mr. The Shield? <laughs> uh-huh. um, and that's all I watched
0: this week. This week on Real Nerds, we saw Rambo, The Last Blood. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. You're going to fuck me over one more time by not reviewing Solve for X?
1: That's true. <laughs> I saw Solve for X, Brad's uh, latest motion picture of that. Fuck that movie. Season. No, don't fuck that movie. No,
0: fuck it, because the people at the 48 Hour Film Festival didn't agree that it's the best one. Granted, I haven't seen any of the other ones, but I know Brad's is <laughs> the best one.
1: Um. So, yeah, no, I saw Solve for X, and um, it's, it's interesting...
0: Oh, like Brad, it's interesting. That means he thinks it sucks, Brad. No, no, interesting.
1: no, no. In the sense of like, Brad's talked about how much he like saw the past over the years that I've known him. And he got to make a Saw movie. <laughs> uh, and it was fun. It's uh, the, he's, these uh people who live in a neighborhood get kidnapped, put in the garage. And uh, the the room's getting colder. And they have to figure out who would have put him in there. And um, it. it it's very inventive, and with the way it uses the Saw format, um, I think it's one of the most, imp- like, impressively shot films you've think done. It's, I think
0: it's your best shot 40-hour, 40 48-hour yeah. film.
1: Yeah, yeah, because JCVD, DV don't count. In that yeah, room. your other
0: stuff doesn't count, but I mean, in the time crunch. Yeah. It, it, I think it, I think it's your best looking one you made for that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it looks it looks splendid. Uh, Alex had a line in it that I love, but I cannot remember it right now. But he had this like delivery mm, at the. That's not I loved the, it. No, it it was a good line. He he just like not uh, that good then. What was like, like it the part s- where he uh, goes out the door? After yeah, after yeah, yeah, he, yeah. What's what's the line he says about Jesus or something like that? Like ah, oh, God. No, that's Kendra's line cause she's like. Um, no, Alex, I believe Alex. Well, you would know you made it. Um yeah. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> no, Kendra says
2: a thing about like. Cool white Christmas lights are like Jesus's heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, um, but yeah, no, um, uh, I I liked it overall. Um, catastrophe still my favorite of yours, but I think that this one is just as good as the ones that have been coming out over the past two three years. So nice. Um, and uh, and I, uh, I I appreciated that you got to make quote unquote a horror movie like or a horrorish
0: movie. It's so. supposed to be a thriller, so yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah. well, same thing. Yeah,
1: it can have horror elements to it.
0: Yeah. What's thrilling to some people might be horrific to others. Yeah.
1: But overall, I would say that, uh, Oscar, uh, you, can, you can make up where 48 Hour failed and give Brad an Academy Award. He won't show up because he doesn't like you, but give it to him anyway. <laughs> and accepting validation. the award on his behalf is... <laughs> oh, my God, the Marlon Brando one. <laughs> is Charlton Heston's corpse. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. could take this Oscar Brad. from my cold dead hands. Brad made a movie. <laughs> I like your Charlton and It's weird. <laughs> well, thanks for reviewing it on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Good job, Brad. I, I, thank it. you for reminding me because I would have forgotten. Yeah, um, I'm a jerk. No,
2: it's it. I am aware that it's probably not pe- most people's. Like, it is high quality, but it's probably doesn't connect with people a lot because we really kind of made it for ourselves. So you will only really appreciate it. If you get all the references, and... uh,
1: I will bring that up though. The, the, uh, because I've been to the last couple of best of screenings where your films have shown, I didn't get all of them, but I managed to, pull, uh, uh, pick up on a few of them that used to be like, whether it was like the name of the person or the occupation or the prop. So like that was fun. Um, me not remembering each one. I was a little confused at times but like it didn't like interfere with my enjoyment of the product cause, yeah. that's um, something
2: I can't tell when I'm making it because like I know what everything is I can't I, I can't have that completely you separated just, you know experience. what
0: the name of your one next year should be called sell out and you should just make it what everybody wants to see <laughs> yeah, if we do it next year and then you'll be you know the toast of the 40-hour film music oh finally you make one for everybody but that would be boring. Brad, do you?
1: Yeah. The challenge <laughs> no. next year is do
2: fucking, all the genres fucking all at once. sell out.
0: I'm telling you, if you want to get it, make it big, you sell out. Yeah. I would. Yeah. If we even do it next year, I don't know.
1: I don't know if you would, though. I think you'd I'd find a way out. to be an individual, though. I
0: would sell out. I've said it many times before. Okay. Yeah.
2: Maybe let's we'll do um, you know, whatever they assign us, and then in the background we'll just have all our merch. Do it. <laughs> like all the characters are wearing Real Nurse t-shirts. And- do it. They're carrying around Blu-rays and
1: if they ever, pint if I, glasses. If I ever find a way to do a remake of House of Thousand Corpses, I'll I'll put your, put you to the test and cast you as Captain Spaulding. Okay. Yeah. You've got to commit to it. Let's just hire that guy who looks like him.
0: Yeah. Oh, God,
1: that guy does look like yeah, him. Yeah, just
0: hire him. Yeah. I mean, he'll get a job. It's not like he said okay. hey can play it anymore. All right, take us back to the re. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, should people see Rambo Last Blood?
2: I don't know. I didn't... I I think you should see the last 10, 15 minutes of (laughs) it. It's probably the most entertaining part. Everything before that. You know, when you watch... You know, if it's really Last Blood, it should be like a bookend to First Blood. And there's almost nothing really um, that relates to First Blood. Huh? (laughs) Yeah, the credits um, are animated in there. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of meh for me. Zach?
0: I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Um... (laughs) You know, That's I a first. I think I liked it a little more than you did, Brad. Um I liked moments in it a lot. And I mean uh the end was pretty fun. Uh I know a lot of people were up in arms because they said it was super right wing. I didn't get that from it. Um it's, it's
2: it's highly negative in Mexico. Like it's very one note
0: Yeah, but I mean you can also say that about like Sicario and stuff, but yeah.
2: um I think they handle a little like
0: more well accurately, uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean it's it exists. I mean, there's a sweet fatality at the end of my Mortal combat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think Stallone is really good in some parts in it too. I, uh, so yeah, I mean, if you've seen the other ones, you might as well see this one. Um, here's a trailer for last blood.
1: You're dealing with an expert with guns, with knives, with his bare hands. Rambo was the best.
4: I finally came home. Uncle John! To defend the only family I've ever known. You must really want this girl. All she's got is me. She's coming home. You started this. I'll it.
0: And it, so, uh, Salone has uh, Rambo has retired to the the farm that you see at the end of Rambo, correct? Yep. And um, his dad's estate, I guess. Yeah. So he's there, and he has um, a lady who's a friend who helps him out, and she has a niece or is it a granddaughter? Her granddaughter. Her granddaughter, Gabrielle. Yeah, she with, hasn't
2: seen that old. So yeah. Um, but her granddaughter is like eighteen.
0: Yeah, something like yeah, yeah. She's on her way to college. Yeah, and she doesn't know who her father is. So she finds out from one of her friends who lives in Mexico that she found her father and Rambo she, tells her not to go because that man's heart is black.
2: Yeah. And, and that, like what frustrates me about that part of the story is that, you know, as she's trying to convince her dad and her grandmother to like, let her go to Mexico to find this out. Like the scene is describing like what a piece of shitty is mm-hmm. and like the violence he incurred on both of them. And then his daughter's still like, well, I just need to know why. Yeah. Like that story right there is the explanation. Why?
0: Yeah. It's, I, I also would chalk it up to being someone being naive. And, um, and and there's actually a couple great shots in it. Um, the part where, uh, after they have that big fight and Rambo's, um, messing around with the horses and she drives away waving at him. And I think he knows that she's going to go there. Um, and he, He lets her. Um, Mm, I felt like he was just suspicious. Yeah, but I think he kind of knew. I know that's how I read it. Like he kind of knew. And
2: um, well, they have that shot where it's like later in the day, and she's still not back. I think that's when he's like, "Oh shit, Mm. I trusted her too much."
0: Yeah, and so he goes to Mexico to. uh, Well, she goes to Mexico, meets her dad, and her dad is not a nice dude. Her friend sells her out to human uh, sex trafficking. Um, so Rambo goes down there to find her and he gets almost killed and um, so he's out for four days by the time he figures out where she's at he gets to her and she ends up dying um, I know that surprised me I yeah was like, that was we really through, surprising we
2: got all the way back to America with her and she yeah. dies in the car
0: and you're just like oh shit yeah and you know because that's why I mean there's some great moments there too because because um, you know when I was watching I like, maybe this is more serious than I thought it was going to be because uh, you know her dying And, uh, you know, he comes back with her body, and he gets out of the truck, and he tells her grandmother to wait. You know, you don't want to see this. And um, there's some great moments in there. And then when he goes back, and he has that um, confrontation with the lady who helped him the first time, and he tells her why he has to take care of these guys, I think is really great. And why she should help him. Yeah. Um, I think he's really great in that moment. And you know what's going to (laughs) end.
2: And the calling card he leaves for the oh. brother. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah,
0: uh, and you know, throwing that dude's decapitated head on the as he's driving yeah. back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think I had more fun with it than you did. Um. Yeah, I didn't really pick up the super right wing stuff in it. I, I, to me, it's just a revenge movie. Um.
2: There was less than I expected, but. Yeah,
0: because um, I mean, it's I mean, it's only what eighty seven minutes. So I it? mean. Yeah. I think
2: it's an hour and a half, but I didn't feel like it. Because yeah. I was I was like on IMDb, and I was like, each Rambo movie is almost the same length. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: because it moves quick. Yeah. Because, I mean, by the time he kills that brother and he sets up his home, it reminded me of actually the um, montage scene from uh, First Blood 2, where he's like getting all suited up. But mm-hmm. this one, he's setting the traps for all of them. Yeah. Um, Which
2: he does a really elaborate thing in a short amount of time it right mean, it became for like a 70 a, year old dude
0: <laughs> it became like a slasher film yeah it's awesome but uh, some people didn't like it because i was reading reviews and they said it's just too gory i'm like meh <laughs> i liked it
2: but yeah, the, on, yeah it was like the most interesting part of the movie for me was like how creative they could get with those traps yeah um yeah and there was a lot of tunnels <laughs> there was for let's assume that the last movie was actually like 10 years ago
0: because <laughs> yeah because he even talked about i mean they even did he's still suffering from ptsd, PTSD. Yeah. Well, um,
2: yeah all of his life for sure yeah
0: so he touched on that as well and yeah
2: but it would be nice to like have something really connect to that first encounter with like um in north the northwest like maybe teasel came back or something
0: because yeah, i mean you know i always think about this too because at the end of the day so he leaves on a horse at the end but he also left, I don't know, 30, 40 dead bodies on his ranch. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, you could actually probably get away with it because they came to his home to kill him. Yeah. So he's just protecting himself. So Self-defense for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's they stepped on, they were trying to kill him. And, yeah. They drew last blood. They did. But then he, you know, <laughs> I say in the Mortal Kombat fatality because uh, the setup Um, They did it so cleverly too. He's shooting his bow and arrow against these four cards that are against the barn door and he ends up setting up that dude and he cuts open his chest and rips out his still beating heart.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's straight out of Mortal Kombat. That's awesome. Um, Um, Yeah. I I mean, I had fun with it. Yeah.
2: But I don't know, like going back to it, I just wish it was more personal. You know, like they invented these two characters to have mm -hmm. meaning to him. You know, we only get to know them for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe like you know he went back to his dad's homestead. Like I guess his dad would probably be dead mm-hmm. given his age, but um I just wish there was like someone else in his like immediate family.
0: You know because there's also that actually is a really powerful scene too where he uh went to the brothel, I guess, or I don't know what you'd call it where all the girls were being sold to as sex slaves and he's beating the shit out of those dudes <laughs> with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. And he, that one dude, he just hit in the fucking dick with it. Um, and he's telling all the girls to run away, and they won't because yeah. they're victims. They've been traumatized. Uh, it's it's really... Well, they think they're going to die if they leave. Yeah. yeah. It's really fascinating. Um, I was going to say... Oh, and then the dude's collarbone, he like pulled it out and broke it. Yeah. And they fucking showed it. I was like, Whoa. But also,
2: so the reporter apparently took that truck... What'd she do with that dude? Like, did he just get out and leave?
0: No, I think she was talking about his, uh, Rambo's truck. Yeah, but Rambo... Used his, the bad dude's truck. Oh. Because remember, he, like, knocked him out and left him on the street. Gotcha.
2: But still, like, where'd that guy go? (laughs) (laughs) Probably killed him. Hospital? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But I also thought, too, like, when he got back to the States, like, I thought the grandmother was going to be, like, dead in the house. Yeah. So it'd be, like, even more incentive for him to get mad. Um... But yeah. Um But yeah, that's about it. Like yeah. it's not it's not a deep movie. No, it's he and that, goes there, kills people. And also back, I thought kills the kills last like sign off monologue was a little Yeah kinda cheesy.
0: It was. I thought I I think it would have been more powerful if there was no dialogue he just sat and started rocking on the chair. Yeah. Because, you know, and then they did the montage at the end of all the Rambo films. And I mean that'd have been a nice way, just he just sits there and rocks back ended. and forth and then ended. And let people
2: decide if he died or not. Yeah but now it's it's clearly like still
1: open
0: for another yeah. sequel. <laughs> um, but he's good in it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Rambo. Uh next week on Real Nerds we're doing um 2009 film explosion which some of us are redoing. Um I don't remember my film explosion from 2009. I remember some of them. Mine's definitely changed. Um,
1: I I found my old list from when I was in film school, and uh, that sucker's got to change now. <laughs> well, you
2: better tell us what it was before you change it, because we want to know. Oh, uh, gotta I gotta make a comparison. I thought
1: it, I didn't send it to you in the text thread. Oh, I gotta do that. <laughs> it's pretty fun because I don't know how to write where the damn. <laughs> Interesting fact: uh, the original 2009
2: is kind of the first origin of the podcast. It is, um, while not an official Real Nerd's,
0: is that one show, lost in time?
2: No, it's on. Uh, maybe I'll post it. It's, it's a it's a Nebcast mm-hmm. one. Yeah, no, so. I didn't
0: know if because you lost the hard drive with all oh, the stuff on it. Oh
2: no, the Nebcast stuff that, that was separate. Have, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that in 2010 or two pre Real Nerd's film explosions that.
1: So once we reach, once you reach back around to the origin point, what happens? Yeah. Do I disappear? Like, does Henry disappear? Yeah, time mm-hmm. folds in on itself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Erased. It's,
0: well, it was know. 10 years ago. So you're what, like 12?
1: And it's. Just, No, I was 18 in (laughs) 2009.
2: So technically it is our first Mm -hmm. uh, 2009 film explosions. Yep.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, That'll be fun. It will be rewritten a little bit for me. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Crain you're so wrong about horror movies. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics